Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Gateway City Church Online. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Wherever you're joining us from, however you're joining us, whether you're sitting on the couch drinking coffee or you're still kicked back in bed in your pajamas watching from an iPhone or an iPad, we're just glad that you're with us today. And today, as we spend some time together, I want to talk about something today that I really believe is, is extremely relevant uh, for what we're all walking through. I know it's relevant for me, and, and maybe you've experienced it as well, and, and that's fear. You know, and I've always thought of myself as, as somebody who wasn't really all that fearful. In fact, I've always thought of myself as somebody who's kind of fearless, to be honest with you. But what I've seen in myself and what I've just seen throughout culture over the course of the last eight, nine weeks as we've been walking through everything, dealing with COVID-19 and coronavirus and the economy and unemployment, I, I've experienced some fear in my life. Uh, as a result of the circumstances that we're all walking through. And I'm sure that you've done that as well. And what I've come to realize is that everybody has, has some type of a fear that they wrestle with. Nobody is ever really fearless. And, and there's a lot of fears that we have. Uh, you know, outside of this season of life, we all experience fear. And some of those fears are rational. Some of those fears are real and, and they're easy to understand. Like th there are people that are afraid of car wrecks. And, and I really don't know anybody that's not afraid of a car wreck. I know several years ago, uh, my family and I, we went through three car accidents in 10 days. And so I can promise you this, uh, whenever I think about a car accident, I, my mind goes back to three car accidents in 10 days, and that's a little bit of an uneasy feeling. Uh, some people have a fear of flying, and that's understandable. Whenever you really think about what all goes into flying, you know, getting onto a metal jet that weighs about 200,000 pounds, and it's filled with jet fuel, and you're flying 33,000 feet in the air, if you really think about it, that can be unsettling. And while these fears of car accidents and, and, and flying, they're rational fears, and we can wrap our mind around, around somebody having a fear of that. There are also some fears that we experience within our lives and our culture that I, I think are a little bit irrational. And, and just for some fun, I looked up a few of these, and, and one of the fears that I, that I ran across was something called pentherophobia. And this is just the fear of your mother-in-law. Somebody at some point was so afraid of their mother-in-law that they named a fear after it. And then also another one, Albutophobia, which is the fear of taking a bath. And it's been my experience throughout my life that I think middle schoolers, are, are, they have this fear, albutophobia. And then I thought this was just really funny, is that phobophobia. And this is just a fear of all the phobias. Of all the phobias that are out there, you know, you're, you're just afraid of all of the phobias. And then this one, I thought this was funny, maybe even a little bit mean, but hippodomonstrosis quipadillophobia. And that's just a really long word that means the fear of long words. And so whoever put that word together with that definition, I think you just mean putting together a long word for people who have a fear of long words. But, but the bottom line, the bottom line is that with all of the fears that exist, as ridiculous as some fears may be, as rational as some fears may be, everybody has something that rises up fear inside of them. And some people have fears that are so strong that it can cause them to, to have some physical responses. Some people have fears so strong it causes them to have panic attacks. And in my experience, I've learned that you can actually cause somebody to have a panic attack by talking about panic attacks. So we're just going to kind of move on to the rest of the message. But, but, but while I don't believe that, that there is anybody out there that, that is truly fearless, I believe that we all have fears that we wrestle with. And truthfully, if we understood... Uh, fear to itself, you know, really what it is, I don't really believe that any of us would choose to get rid of all fear. 
Because if we're being honest, fear at some point in your lives, it actually helps us. It can actually protect us because fear at some point has protected you from doing something that you shouldn't have done, something that could have had the potential to actually harm you. And whenever you think about it, that type of a fear is actually a good thing. And while there are some fears that can cripple us, and you know, I believe that a healthy understanding of fear and a healthy application of fear, it can be beneficial, but an unhealthy understanding or an unhealthy approach to fear, it can. It can create things inside of you like, like worry. And, and we're actually going to be talking about worry and how to lessen the worry in our lives that we face as we begin a brand new series called Why Worry just next week. But fear in our lives can cause us to to worry. It can create anxiety. It can create stress. We can have fear of failure. It can create pressure and we can have the fear of acceptance and, and it can create insecurity within our lives. And I've seen, I've seen people with fear so strong that it actually causes them to withdraw from people and withdraw from society. I've seen fear create an unhealthy self-image in the lives of people. I've seen fear create an inaccurate perception of people and circumstances. I've seen it create an unhealthy perspective of, of God and church. And I'd be willing to bet that, uh, that many of you watching today, you've experienced fear to this degree within your life. And, and when it comes to fear like that, I know that we wish that it would just go away. But the reality is, is that we've already established that when it comes to fear, it's really kind of impossible to get completely rid of within our lives. And, and so the reality is that we're stuck. Fear is real. It's here. It's not going away. And, and I know you're sitting there thinking like, well, thank you so much for the encouragement, Pastor Will. If we can't get rid of fear... And if it's just going to be a reality that we have to deal with throughout life, well, then what are we supposed to do with it? Well, the reality is, is that while I don't believe that anybody can ever be truly fearless, I believe that we can all learn to fear less. And when I take us to a portion of Scripture in the book of Matthew chapter 10, where, where Jesus is actually talking about fear. And he says this in Matthew chapter 10, verses 28 through 31. He says this, he says, Do not fear those who want to kill your body, they cannot touch your soul. Fear only God, who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Is, there a, is the price of two sparrows not one copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are numbered. So do not fear. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Sparrows. In verse 28, I believe that Jesus kind of gives us the key to how we can wrestle with some fear. He says to fear only God. All that men can do is kill your body. They can't, they can't touch your soul. And so if men harm our body or kill our body, we still have eternity in heaven with our heavenly Father. But the Lord is able to destroy both body and soul. And God will never condemn one of His own children. Jesus, again, in John chapter 5, verse 24, He says this, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Jesus, Jesus is saying that the person who fears God alone, and to be clear, Jesus is not talking about being afraid of God, like he's some cosmic supernatural being that's just looking to strike you down at a moment's notice when you make a mistake. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that to fear God, meaning to, to, to approach God with reverence and with honor and with respect, to worship him and to serve him. Jesus is saying that the person who fears God in that way doesn't have to fear any person or anything or any circumstance. You don't have to fear unemployment. You don't have to fear depression or anxiety. We fear only God. 
And here's the truth of what I want you to know, is that the fear of God is the fear that cancels out all other fear. And as we continue to look at what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 10, in verses 29 through 30, he goes on to say, and he says that, is the price of two sparrows not one cup or coin? And everybody that he's talking to in that moment, you know, in that moment, they're like, well, absolutely. That's exactly what the price of a sparrow is. While you and I are sitting here thinking, I have no idea. I've never actually bought a sparrow. So really, we kind of really need you to know what, 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 what you're talking about, Jesus. And Jesus is simply emphasizing just how cheap it is to purchase sparrows. In fact, if you read a passage of scripture in, in the book of Luke chapter 12, you'll actually read that sparrows are so inexpensive that very often when you were purchasing them at the market, the dealer would actually throw in a couple for you free because they were so inexpensive. And, and, and Jesus goes on to say, he goes, but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And let me ask you this, if God cares for a sparrow in that way, to the point where it cannot fall from the sky without him knowing about it, how much more do you think your heavenly father cares about you and cares about me and cares about what's going on in our life? He even says that even the hairs on your head are numbered. He doesn't say that they're counted in total. He says that they are numbered individually. God sees it when a sparrow falls from the sky. God recognizes it when the hair of our heads fall, fall to the ground. And he cares about us in such great detail. And whenever he, our Heavenly Father cares about us in such great detail like that, there is no need for us to fear Whenever we have the one who spoke creation into existence, whenever we have the one who breathed breath into our lungs, here, here's what you need to know, that our heavenly father has the final say. And that right there should be a moment to rejoice, knowing that our heavenly father has the final say in our lives and what happens in our lives and he cares about us with that level of detail. And as we continue to talk about fear, we can, we can look into the book of Philippians chapter 4 where the Apostle Paul writes about worry and writes about fear in verses 6 through 9. And this is what Paul says. Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience the peace of God. Notice that. Then you will experience the peace of God, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise and keep putting them into practice. All that you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the peace of God will be with you. And so really Paul is saying, like, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And really, what is worry? In Philippians verse, chapter 4, verse 6, it's, it, the word worry there, you know, if you directly translate it from the original language of the Bible, which is Greek, the word worry, it literally means to be pulled apart in different directions. You know, our hopes will pull us in one direction. And the things that we worry about, they pull us in another direction. And, and, our, and our fears, they often pull us in, in opposite directions and we feel like we're being pulled apart. In fact, the root word from the old English version of the word worry, it comes from the meaning to strangle. And, and, and if you've ever really worried about something, you know how it, can, how it can create just anxiety to the point where you feel like you can't even breathe. And, and worry and fear, it can cause you to have some physical reactions, headaches and migraines and neck pains and 
worry and fear. It can even affect our thinking and we can, to the point that we even lose coordination and the ability to speak or, or move. It, it's why a lot of times, it's why a lot of times people seem to struggle over their words whenever they're, talk, they're talking to a guy or to a girl that they like. It's why they kind of fumble all over themselves. It's because, it's because they're nervous and they're worried and they have some anxiety around it and, and we, we lose our coordination. And from a spiritual standpoint, fear is simply just, fear and worry is simply just the wrong thinking and the wrong feelings about circumstances and about people. And really what I've come to understand in my own life is that fear can be the greatest thief of your joy. You know, and and it's not enough to just tell ourselves to quit worrying or to not be afraid, to quit having fear. Because it's like the more you try to not worry, the more you try to not have fear, it's like the more fear tries to like rises up inside of you. And what I've learned is that the cure for fear in our lives is a secure mind and a secure heart. And we can truly only, and we can only truly experience the peace that God offers us through, through, faith, in, through, through faith in Him. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, as we just read, uh, Paul said that the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. When you surrender your fears to God, it allows the peace of God to guard you. And then in verse 9, he says that then the God of peace will be with you. Notice that. That allow the peace of God to guard you and the God of peace will be with you. You see, church, what I want you to understand is that peace is not found in the absence of fear. Peace is found in the presence of God. In Matthew chapter 8, as we look at another portion of Scripture, this is an account of, of Jesus being in a boat with His disciples as we often find them. And they're, and they're going across a lake and a fierce storm comes up and the disciples are, are terrified. And this is what it reads in Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. It says, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with His disciples. And suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And Jesus responded, why are you so afraid? You have so little faith. And then he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves. And suddenly there was great calm. And the disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the wind and the waves obey him. In that moment, the disciples were terrified. And from my perspective, with good reason. These were fishermen. They've been in boats their entire lives. Surely they've come up against storms like this before. So the disciples, based on past experience, recognize that in this moment, we've actually got something to be afraid of. Yet Jesus doesn't seem to care. And I mean, so I think in all honesty, their fear is justified in this moment. They had something to be afraid of. But notice this. As soon as they wake Jesus up, Notice how he isn't focused on their fear. He's focused on their faith. And then as soon as Jesus speaks to the storm and and the wind and the waves, they begin to calm down just at his word. Notice how the focus of the disciples changes. In that moment, the storm is no longer what they feared. They no longer were focused on what they were afraid of. And they look at one another and they ask themselves this question. And the question that they they asked themselves had nothing to do with the storm. It wasn't, what just happened? What just happened to the wind? What just happened to the waves? What just happened to this thing that we were afraid of? It wasn't, that wasn't their question. Their question wasn't, what just happened? Their question was directed towards Jesus. And rather than asking the question, what just happened? What happened to the storm? Their question was, 
Who is this man? And in that moment, they recognized that Jesus was greater than their greatest fear. And here's what I need you to know today, church, is that when your faith in someone exceeds your fear of something, fear begins to lose its grip. And what I've come to learn in my life and what I hope you will embrace today and, and every day moving forward is that whenever you make the decision to fear God, you find peace. You see, fear is, fear is a healthy thing whenever we place it in the right place. Fear of God brings us peace. Fear of our circumstances, fear of, 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 our, of our situation that we're walking through. That, that, brings us, that brings us anxiety. It brings us stress. We have fear of failure. But today, it's my prayer that, that as you recognize that when you place your faith in God through His Son, Jesus, and you remove your fear off of the thing that you're worried about most or that you're most afraid of, when you place your faith in God and you redirect your fear, fear begins to lose its grip. And you can do that today by simply placing your faith in Jesus, the Son of God who came to die for our sins and give us brand new life. His word tells us that whenever we place our faith in Him, a new life begins and an old life is gone. And we can move into our tomorrow and every day beyond that with the confidence of knowing that He is going ahead of us in all that we do. And I would like to help you make that decision. You can make that decision by placing your faith in Jesus, by simply just praying this prayer along with me. And, and I say this every week, but there's nothing magical about the words. There's nothing magical about the prayer. But the Bible is very clear that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he died on a cross and rose three days later, that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and give us that brand new life that I just mentioned. And so if you want to make the decision to place your faith in Jesus and begin a life of faith as opposed to living a life of fear, just simply pray this after me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. Thank you for allowing him to raise up from the grave three days later so that we could have victory over sin and over death. And I pray that today, Father, as I place my faith in Jesus, that you would help me to enter into a new life. And help me say goodbye to the life that I've been living up to this point. And help me to step into a life of faith and walk away from a life of fear. Thank you for loving me and thank you for saving me today. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said amen. If you just prayed that prayer to receive Jesus, everybody within our church is clapping for you, is celebrating with you. It's the greatest decision that you've ever made. And we want to help you know what comes next. And so would you please let us know about your decision because we want to help you. Please let us know that you made the decision to follow Jesus by filling out our online connect card, leaving a comment here along with this video, sending us a message, and then we will reach out to you and we will put you in contact with people who can help you grow in your faith every single day. We will get you connected to believers that, that will help you and encourage you every step of the way. Well, church, I thank you so much for joining us here today for Gateway City Church Online. We hope that this message has encouraged you. I hope that it challenges you. And I pray that today is an incredible day for you. I hope that you have a great week with your family, within your jobs, whatever the week holds. And we look forward to seeing you throughout the week. And then again, next Sunday, as we begin a brand new series uh, called Why Worry. Take care and have a great day. Thank you guys so much for joining us at church today. 
If you made a decision to follow Jesus or if you have a prayer request, please send us a message. Our team would love to follow and partner alongside of you. And if you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so by going to gatewaycitychurch.co slash give. We thank you so, so much for your generosity. Well, again, thank you so much for spending some time with us at church today. We'd love to see you connect with us online throughout the week, and we hope to see you back next Sunday.